Welcome to the Midwest Game Nerds Podcast. I am your host, John. Here with me today are Brian. Hey. And Alex. Hello. This is the first official spoiler cast where all three of us have beaten a single game, and we're going to talk about it. It's really been two weeks since you've heard us talk about it. Yep. We're talking about The Last of Us Part (laughs) 2. Up front, right now, we're going to spoil everything, and by spoiling everything of this game... We'll probably spoil episodes, or sorry, seasons two and three of the TV show. So, yes, keep that in mind. If you care about spoilers in the next two seasons that aren't even filmed yet, then don't listen to this for another eight years. Also, uh, like I can't, there, there are big spoilers. And right now, if you're somehow still listening... You press play on this without caring, but you kind of care. There are big spoilers to learn about this show that have been out there for several years now since this part two game came out. And um, let's just say I don't know how easy it will be to avoid those spoilers Um, in, in the intervening time that they're going to be filming the show. But if you are someone who really cherishes the experiencing those spoilers in the terms of the story itself, I would almost recommend playing the game before watching season two. But if you really prize the TV storytelling more so than a video game, then I get it. And uh, that can't be helped. Just stay vigilant in your not getting spoiled and hopefully it'll work out for you. I mean, in all honesty, as someone who's the most recent player of the first game, I thoroughly enjoyed having a solid, like, understanding of everything going on in the story going into the TV show, and I feel like it made my experience better. So The things that I delighted in the most about the show were the things that departed a little bit, and so I think it, they made it rewarding for both. But anyway, I think- Absolutely. we can use this discussion to also segue into thoughts on what shape seasons two and maybe three will take. But anyway, I figure, John, you can probably begin with your general feelings on the game having completed The Last okay. of Us Part Two. <clears throat> so here goes, uh, if you're still listening at this point, everyone. Uh, I think that this pair of games are a fucking masterpiece. In video gaming. Specifically video game narrative. The first game is weak in its gameplay. The second game is much better. Specifically the gunplay. Significantly better. Much more enjoyable. The narrative is just... It's it's perfect. You feel for everyone involved. Like, no matter whose side you're on. And, uh... I don't... I still don't understand any of the, um... The controversy behind this game, I don't get why people were upset. I kind of feel for people who are expecting more of Joel, because, spoiler alert, if you're this far into it still, (laughs) but Joel dies in, like, the first fucking 30 minutes of the game. That, I think, was one of the main reasons it got review bombed at the time that it came out. I, as, as bothersome as that made 
may have been for people, it just made me want to play the game more. Like, I thought it was awesome. Like, what what a ballsy move to do to take the, a beloved character and murder him in the first 30 minutes of... of th- I played... It took me 30 hours, mind you, to play it, beat the whole game. In 30 minutes, he dies in the first 30 minutes of a 30-hour game. <laughs> like, holy shit. That is... The one of the ballsiest narrative moves you could possibly make, and to take that and then like just keep it kind of snowballing into like more and more awesomeness in a way, like it was, it was so good, man. It's so good. It like everything about it was great. Um, where else do I want to go with this before we dive into deeper things? Um, I I love how the game made me hate Abby at first because of that. Mm-hmm. I like when it got to the point when you get to the halfway point and it makes you play as her, I didn't even want to play. I was like I don't even want to play as her. She's such a piece of shit. But then you figure out like you kind of know like well, it's not really her fault. Like she's on a revenge quest, but she completed her revenge quest and moved on. Mm-hmm. And then you're stuck she with thought Ellie. She was done. Yeah. Then you the then you get yeah. Ellie who like can't let go yep. for whatever reason, uh, which you come to find out at the end of the game. The reason she can't let go is because she was trying to like forgive Joel and didn't get the chance. And so there's probably some guilt there and whatever else going on. Um, for those who didn't pay attention, she's forgiving Joel for lying to her about uh, the the fire. What happened? What happened at the hospital? Yeah. Um and I know Brian you specifically stated how the game just kind of kept going and that was like yeah. a huge that was like a huge gripe of yours. Um I understand where you're coming from because it definitely I don't know if it was just the way it handled those moments where like the transitions were slow. I think if the transitions between those moments were more abrupt instead of it being like fade out, fade into next scene, like it was, and then there's like a whatever five to 10 minute cut scene before you get to pick up the controller again. If they would have just jumped into the next thing, I feel like you wouldn't sit there being like, oh, more story. Like it, you would have just, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, to me, honestly, I think so much of it is that the shape of the three days that you repeat, you start. As Ellie, and you play through day one, two, three, and then you go back as Abby and play through day one, two, three. They're so, they represent such an arc. And by the time you get to day three as Ellie, you've played as much game as you have played in The Last of Us Part One. Yeah. And so they're like, I, I, I don't know, maybe shame on me, and maybe most people would look at a review and be like, oh, yeah, there's actually like, this game is actually double the length of the first one. I had no fucking idea. So by the time I get to the end of day three, and then you finish it and you start back as Abby, you know, in the flashback, and then it starts Seattle day one, you're like, oh, fuck, I'm literally halfway through the game at this point, And yeah. I thought I was going to be done. Like, it, I, it makes me wonder if, like, if they would have released it somewhat episodically, if that would have helped it a little. Like, instead of people being just like, oh, what a slog. Because it's not even a slog. Like, it, I... I feel like I breezed through this game despite the fact that I put 30 hours into it. Like, 
I feel like I spent a good chunk of time, I, and maybe it's just because I actively was trying to beat it and get it done so we could do this, but also because I just wanted to know what the fuck happens in the story. Um, but, yeah, I just, I, I, it made me wonder, like, if they would have broken it up a little bit, like, could that have helped it play better? Because I think they could have split it into at least three three segments that are, like, a reasonable amount of gameplay. Yeah, I don't, I mean, and that's honestly not to jump ahead in the conversation, but I, that's kind of my biggest question about how they're going to break this up. Because Craig Mazin is quoted as saying he does not like filler. They're going to adapt the game into a show. And they they have some, made some kind of rumblings of like, it's not, we can't just do one season from the second game. I don't know what your stopping point is. Because I sure as hell don't think you can do one season as Ellie and then go do another season as Abby telling the same time frame. I don't think that can work. I just, I don't. Yeah. And they can try it, but I think that will be a bit of a bridge too far. I do think there's a way that they could tell the story from two different perspectives and have them intersect in some way. But it's so hard with the fact that Abby kills Joel early on and then Ellie is motivated to go and kill Abby. There's an order of operations to things that I think just can't quite. I don't it's a it's a monumental task and I'm very curious to see how Craig Mason's going to do it. And I have faith that he'll figure something out. I just don't know how he's going to do it. But we can. Yeah, we can I mean, we're not we're, we're not showrunners and writers of television. No. So like we're we're just all of this is like pure speculation we didn't uh, we didn't make the hangover two or whatever craig mazin wrote and we also have not made uh chernobyl and the last of us season one so right um there's a lot of you know hollywood uh achievements on his belt but i yeah i'm curious to see that's my biggest question mark um i don't I, know i mean the, the the game has like great cliffhanger points like yes. for for each part of it, you know, Joel's death is a great cliffhanger to like move from uh when Jesse gets shot in the face like in the theater, that's another good one. Um when uh you know Abby getting captured by the the Seraphites the first time she gets captured by anybody and then getting captured by the Rattlers at the end, like there there are a lot of really good cliffhanger points like throughout the whole story that are really cool. Um and, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not, I don't, I, I, like, I don't know how to do a spoiler cast. I don't know. What's the right format for these? We didn't plan a format for this. Well, I think you got through kind of your general thoughts. It sounds like you liked the game quite a bit. I did. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I'm, I'm glad it happened. I'd be interested to see if they do a third game, what it would be, but I think I voiced it before, uh, you know, I would like to see a different location. Like, how did this pandemic, like, affect other parts of the world, you know? Maybe some new characters and things, because they can't be the only ones dealing with some fucked up revenge quest, and clearly Neil Druckmann has some things he needs to work through. So, like, <laughs> get, you know, one more game of, of therapy for that man. Let's see if we can get him, you know, to maybe take a shower and not look so greasy in the post-credit things, you know? <laughs> I'm uh, such an asshole. <laughs> Brian, if I recall correctly, you liked the game but thought it was too long. Yes. I mean, 
there were moments that I was frustrated and I was like, this is kind of dumb. Like I, I keep bringing it up over and over again. Like how I feel I was playing on a, I don't know, a, probably whatever the default difficulty is for the game. And the kind of realism that they are going for was completely destroyed when I got to the Santa Barbara part of the game. And there were a lot of those like thick meathead dudes. And I literally shot one right in the forehead and he just kept going at me <laughs> unfazed. And I could see the decal from like where he got shot in the head as he got closer to me. And that that was a really bad design decision, in are my you, opinion. Are you talking about the the uh, the shamblers? They're no, they're like human dudes. They're just big. Oh, the rattler guys. The rattler guys. Yeah, I don't know huge, what they're huge called. Dudes. The they're huge meat dudes. Heads, yeah. Okay. The rattler thugs. That dudes, shouldn't be a part of this game. Like, hmm. give me a guy with a helmet or something, and then say he <laughs> survived the gunshot because he had which a is, fucking helmet well, on. Were, I mean, some which of the Rattlers what they did would do have, it even in the division, which some of has the Rattlers RPG had elements. helmets. Like that's the thing. Some of the Rattlers had helmets and uh, ballistic vests on, so you had to use explosive arrows, or you had to shoot the helmet off first and then yeah, shoot them in the face. I, like, I played the same game as you. I'm well, just, I, I'm just trying. I'm I'm uh, I, I'm refreshing your memory let's say well, the, and they i mean they did that shit in uncharted all the time put put a fucking helmet on a dude with a shotgun who spawned behind you and immediately killed you i'm so, pretty like, sure i shot a dude in the head after his helmet was removed and he did not die or was not even phased maybe, i swear um, that happened Maybe it was I, uh what what's the what's the Rainbow Six thing where you can peek the corners and lean lag? No, <laughs> but the lagging, like the the fact the uh this is terrible radio, but like when the fact that like you could play your internet lag and peek around the corner and they nobody the person would never see your head. I don't know. It doesn't. Oh matter. yeah, Bad I know joke, what you're talking about. I don't remember yep. what it's called though. Um, okay. Any, well, anyway. so aside from that though. <laughs> <laughs> overall I think that just hit hard for me because when I got to the point of being in Santa Barbara I was like holy shit this game's still gonna go on for hours and I <laughs> I didn't even expect the last part where I had to play through as Abby mm -hmm. I thought it would be done at like what day three like you said yeah with Ellie and that's fine it's like I enjoyed the narrative so i kept playing it but i didn't necessarily need to go through those gameplay loops for 30 hours like it was fun for a while yeah but it it, it just kind of the the upgrading is very slow in the game so that that doesn't keep things very interesting right there and um obviously the scavenging and shit gets uh, a little long in the tooth after a while too. Um, I think they just needed a little more variety if they wanted to keep the game going for that long. It's, it's, it doesn't have like exciting skill trees and shit like other games do. They're just kind of bland. And I understand, I mean, because they're people, you know, it's well, not like you're upgrading like a clicker into a big fucking, <laughs> 
into a giant rat king. mutated whatever a, the hell a, a they double, call those double clicker. Um, yeah, I the, <laughs> the one of the one of the things that was weird about the pacing in terms of gameplay was the fact that you can get through upgrading a lot of Ellie's guns and learning things as her, but then it starts over with Abby. And it's not, it doesn't carry over there, if I recall correctly. Like, the comic no, books that not. you discover or whatever that give you, like, bonuses and, and things like that kind of resets halfway through the game. And that just felt weird, I think, kind of yeah, contributes it, it, to the problem of, like... Especially considering mm-hmm. that Abby is part of, like, a pseudo-military, like, militaristic society and has clearly gone through a lot of serious training and is at one point called Isaac's number one like scar killer Mm -hmm. so like you would think that she just should she should just come with all of the abilities and she should have better resources or at least start from a better point that Abby or that I mean it's cool that like one of the abilities she picks up is the ability to make her own ammunition like that's pretty cool because ammo does get scarce especially because like in the later part of the game you're fighting against more shamblers at certain points and and that fucking rat king thing in the basement Mm. of the hospital oh man fuck that evil boss yeah (laughs) which he was fun uh, he was yeah but another thing that i don't know how they're gonna pull that off in a tv show and people not just be like this is cheesy as fuck yeah like i think they spent what 500 grand on the fucking bloater that they that they made in the show like how they're gonna spend like a million dollars making that fucking rat king at least if not more and then probably more money in cg to enhance they should just they should make it out of like prosthesis like uh so it it looks like quato from fucking (laughs) total recall <laughs> no, they just they just started infecting somebody with cordyceps. They're figuring yeah. it out. For They're the actually show. making it's cheaper a rat to king infect for a real. human. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh man, yeah. But, no, it's uh, uh, that's a bummer to think about. Now that like I, it didn't really dawn on me at the time, but it, like as I was approaching the end of the game, I'm like, okay, clearly we're getting to an endpoint here with Abby, and like I don't have all of the skills and things, you know. Yeah. Um I did I did collect all of the weapons, which is cool. So I got the trophy for that when I picked up the uh silenced submachine gun for Ellie. Um mm-hmm. which I do really like. What I was gonna say, like about the 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 gameplay loop and the repetitiveness of that, like I think some of those moments could have just been like all out firefight style moments. And they should have been, instead of forcing you into like a stealth thing. Like, they were compartmentalized enough to where it should have just been, like, you against, like, a slew of other dudes, and as long as you play your cards right and shoot properly and, you know, cover and shit, like, you would have no problem doing that, I would think, I at think, this point. I, but. Well, and I, but that's the thing, and I think I got into this in our last discussion of it, is that I never felt as though this was, like, you are in a fail state if you are seen, for the most part. You're not. Yeah, like, and so to me, it's like, if you want to run in there with a shotgun and just fucking house a guy right away and then start killing people, like, you can do it. It just might be more difficult, but I think it's, I think that makes it so that the stealth is rewarding if you are able to get away with any of it. And to me, that's why it was always a combination of the two. I think that, honestly, the game works best if you're blending the two approaches for sure basically by toward the end of the game my approach is more like guerrilla warfare i guess you could say like 
I would sneak attack yes. people and then draw them all over to one side of the map, and then I would slip over to the other side of the map and start shooting Hiding them from far away. And, yeah, throwing trip mines out and shit and. Yeah, I mean, yeah. That's, I I also, like, I barely ever used any of the trip mines and things. Like, I didn't use oh, a ton of the explosives. Really? I probably should have. It would have made things move a little bit quicker. But, like, I, you know, at least the, the last part of the game where, um, where you're playing as Ellie going through, like, the camp, uh, not the camp, the resort to get to the round building where Abby is. And, like, it it forces the stealth on you. But, like, I ended up just, like, stealth killing a handful of guys letting them get discovered and like having and then as the next person would discover the body i would run over and like take care of that person and yeah then, that's like, what i'm talking about then i started releasing the zombies like to let mm-hmm. them do their thing and like at one point there's the one it's i don't i think they're in a pool maybe there's two of them and when i when i let the chains go on the two that were in the pool they just kind of stood there and like didn't do anything and i'm like <laughs> well, what the fuck is like did this glitch on me or like did i did i miss something but like they had not been triggered by the other characters yet so like i had to wait for the other characters to do something so i started just like throwing bricks and bottles for them to make noise and then the clickers went off and started killing things but um Maybe they just wanted to hang out in the pool, you know. Like, yeah, no, they were they to wanted to just chill and have a have a have a Sunday, you know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, there was uh, another point, like in that same area in the resort, where like there was a like a spiral staircase going up a, a, an area, and like I just kept killing guys at the bottom of those stairs, like they, so. I, there was a pile of bodies at the bottom of these <laughs> stairs, and like the next person would show up and just be like, "Oh, Cliff is dead." <laughs> oh, oh no! Did you kill Someone's them? Someone's here. <laughs> did you kill them uh, repeatedly to the point to where they started repeating names? No, I mean that's the thing is, it, I, I mean oddly enough, they say different names every time, which is pretty cool. Like they've got to run out eventually. Yeah. there's some sort of monster closet mechanic there, so right. it's like they probably infinitely spawn. No, they there. It, it's it, it seemed like they were just coming randomly but it, i think there is only like a set amount of guys like maybe 10 uh, or 15 okay. in that area but not then as I much got, fun as cliff 2 showing up yeah no then then i went upstairs well, and cliff and I, m and cliff g yeah you know? and i went to the next area and <laughs> my friend and like, cliff g sorry totally failed my stealth and then just ended up mowing through every single guy that rolled because i had this totally kick-ass silenced uh submachine gun that i could use with uh i didn't have to worry about the silencer being depleted you know so that mm-hmm. was cool but um i uh i think i think the fight between abby and ellie could have been a little more exciting which uh the fist fight at the end where they're both basically dying in the water yeah i was gonna say one of the things that i remembered from my original i think the the fight between the two of them in the theater was awesome fucking incredible and what maybe my favorite part of this game because that's where i thought the game was gonna end well, no, no, because that's at the end of the second day three. Well, that's the thing. No, the first, Sorry, the yeah. first time you walk through that backstage area as Ellie, I'm like, oh, okay, a yeah, battle's like, gonna happen here. Yeah. Like you yeah. just know some shit's gonna fucking go down. Yeah, you're like, this is too much of a location for something to not happen here. Yeah, but. they clearly thought about this because there's all kinds of things for me to duck under and like crawl through and blah blah blah. Like clearly, this is yeah. gonna be something. It's like so when, when you I walk actually, into like a place in Half Life and there's an explosive barrel, but you don't see anything yet. You're like, 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's no. the thing. And then, then I walk into the theater as Abby, right? And like, uh, I got a. You go through that whole sequence where like her and, and Lev like shoot Tommy and Jesse or whatever, and then Ellie takes off running through the theater complex, and then you run and chase after her up behind the backstage. And I remember getting backstage and being like, "Yep, saw that one coming." <laughs> like, totally knew that this space was something special. Like, and it is like a. It is a very pivotal moment obviously in the story but it's also like really fucking cool because like it's like because you spent the whole first half of the game like rooting for ellie and then you're playing as abby and then like you're being used against yourself in a way and you're like fuck me like i don't want to fight her like i don't want like she's better than me she has explosives i see her putting them on the ground and shit because i'm using the listen to to see her do her thing and yeah man like what a what a cool what a cool twist on on gameplay and like to fuck with you as the player. The psych the psychology of that is genius. It's it's a fight that you don't want to have because you like Ellie from everything beforehand, even if she's done some deplorable things in the first half of this game. But it's the fact that like you are fighting a boss who is performing the actions that you have been performing throughout the game in terms of setting traps and things like that is just so good. It is Everything about that fight, I, like when I first talked about this, you guys hadn't played any of it yet. I don't, I didn't go back and listen to it, but I'm sure I talked around the fact that, like, I think this is one of my all-time favorite boss fights ever in a game because mm. there's almost nothing like it. I don't know that I've ever experienced something like that in a game before, where you are fighting the person that you played for. 20 hours at that point like it, you you have to fight it's, against you and there's gotta be some like hideo kojima in there because i'm oh, sure yeah. some like there the whole like solid snake versus liquid snake versus like boss man like whatever the fuck plasma i don't even snake. know all the snakes <laughs> yeah plasma snake gaseous snake you know <laughs> Solidus like, is his name. President George yeah, Sears. Come Solidus, on, get with it. Sorry, no, I don't. I, those games just don't do it for me. <laughs> Brian no. would be gaseous snake. That's his. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely. But th- there's like that's got to be like heavily influenced by Kojima, and I'm sure if well, you ask Neil Druckmann, he would just be like, ah, yeah, you know, even uh, like Metal Gear. Some, but. some of the ads and, th- and ads and trailers and whatnot that they did, they did do things to hide the Joel death. In yeah. the similar way that they hid the the Raiden uh, character in Metal Gear Solid 2. So certainly, like, they were playing in a similar playbook. But, yeah, no, that, that fight, I think, is incredible. I, I'll just say real quick in terms of other general thoughts. Like, I think there's a lot of unique stuff about this game. John, the point that you made of killing Joel is just extremely bold is absolutely true like it makes so much sense from a narrative standpoint that like of course there are going to be people who want revenge for who what he did that makes so much sense but the fact that in a triple a game franchise they would kill off the character that a lot of people identify with and played throughout the first game in the first 30 minutes to an hour is extremely bold not something they needed to do and so i think the people who complained about that are just being so completely like i don't know childish underdeveloped 
Like you're just you're not even open to the idea that they could be telling the game isn't called Joel and Ellie Part Two. It's called The Last of Us, and so it's it doesn't have to be about Joel and Ellie. It needs to be about the people that are in these games for sure, and it's about Ellie still. But I just think uh, I thought that was extremely bold, and um, there's so much of the story that is very very well written. The Fallout, like, one of the things that I said after playing the first game is, like, I don't really want a sequel. I don't need one. But the fact that this game is about the fallout of Joel's decision not only to kill those people, but also to lie to Ellie about it. Yeah. Um, It's heartbreaking. And it's, like, I, I, there, I don't even know that I want to play through this game ever again because of how heartbreaking the entire thing is. And I think there's something to be said about that. All of that said... The eye for an eye makes the world go blind aspect of the entire thing. The fact that Ellie is going to walk away from her found family to exact revenge on Abby. And then to just let her go. Yeah. Like, like why bother all? Like, it's. Yeah. It's that it's, I don't it's the worst. I didn't really get that, but I get it, I guess. I, I don't know. But it's it's, you know, the part of the the dichotomy of them as characters is that moment where you know Abby's standing there with a knife to Dina's throat after Lev shoots her with an arrow and Ellie's like she has nothing to do with this you know and then at the end of the game there's Ellie holding a knife to Lev's throat in the boat and and Abby's like she has you know he has nothing to do with this and uh and Ellie's like, all right, fine. And so, like, they both kind of had this, like, they just, this realization that, like, this is between them and anybody else involved doesn't matter. Well, and they and they solved, like, clearly, like, Ellie was like, I can beat you. And I did beat you. But you showed me mercy and I will show you mercy. And that's it. And they just walk away. Like, I, I get it. And that was, like, it was kind of a cool moment to, like, be a part of as a player. Like these characters just coming to that realization was was unique and different because again in the uh in the first game it's not like they let you not pull the trigger on the doctor so and that's that's one of the other complaints that i have about the game is that there are many moments where people die by ellie's or abby's hands and you don't have control over those moments and I feel like, like they like tried o, like Owen and Mel and then Owen like, and Mel for sure. And I don't necessarily remember so much in terms of Abby. I might be wrong about that. Um, but like, you know, Owen and Mel, absolutely. Like Ellie should have, like you should have had to pull the trigger. I think to me would have made it more effective because it would have called upon what they made you do at the end of the first game with the doctor mm-hmm. for sure. And I think, to me, it would have been more meaningful if I had to struggle with that choice myself rather than watching it happen Yeah, in, in a cut scene. So that, to me, was a little bit of a letdown. Um, not that I needed it to be like I need to make a choice, just that I needed to be the one to do it. Because of so much of like how this game is centered around, like you know, like not killing Dina is Abby flexing on Ellie because Ellie did kill Mel and Mel was also pregnant. And so right. like that when, when, uh, when yeah, no, a- Abby's like, hey, like, I'm a better person than you. And this is a- how I'm a better person than you. Well, a- a- Ellie being like, Hey, Dina's pregnant. Doesn't Abby, isn't Abby like good? Like, doesn't she say good? 
Some, I, yeah, I can't remember I think, exactly like the what she says, but it's something like that. And then I think Lev kind of talks her down from it. Like that, the good that Abby lets out is fucking chilling. And you're also like, well, I mean, I can't fucking blame her. Like her friend Mel just died. Mel was pregnant. Like, but yeah, I think there's just a couple of things that I think could have really catapulted it. But also, like, I just think the whole theme of an eye for an eye is tough for me to swallow because I want it to be about more, but I had the thought earlier today when I was thinking about it all, like maybe this is the Empire Strikes Back of this trilogy. Maybe this is the dark middle chapter that ends on a bummer because it's all very sad. Yeah. And there has to be some sort of third chapter that you know, I don't see it being like all sunshine and rainbows, but I feel like there's some sort of like redemptive arc or something for Ellie, maybe not that she necessarily needs be. to redeem her arc. I don't know what it would be, but um, you know, I think it's. I might look back differently on this game if a third game comes out and kind of lands the plane better than I felt like this one did. But I think, as much as I enjoyed the gameplay improvements, I thought the story could have been tightened up and maybe plotted out paced differently and like how we've said but um but ultimately when it all hangs together i'm like this is good but it mostly felt like more and i wanted it to be quality over quantity it felt like double the last of us it's doubly sad it's doubly long (laughs) there's double the amount of stealth there's uh double the amount of enemies no i don't know but i think um (laughs) That's, it is doubly sad. Yeah. Maybe triply. That's Last of Us X2 times two, not part two. Um, <laughs> but overall, like, I don't, I can't, I don't begrudge the claim that, like, I think these two are some of the very, most very well-made games that are out there. Like, I don't, and that's part of why I'm compelled to check out the remake of the first game, which is titled The Last of Us Part One and is only on PlayStation 5 and PC, but don't buy it on PC because it's very buggy, apparently. Um, Because those gameplay improvements being reflected back in the story of the first one, I think it might be a good... Mm -hmm. It it would be cool to see how cohesive the experience is after that point, and I think so much of what you said, John, the gameplay of part one was lacking, whereas the story was very, very good, and so kind of bringing the good gameplay into the first game might be... Might be good. Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if there's specific topics that you want to bring up, John, in terms of things I just, like... The last thing I just want to touch on uh, real quick at the end of the game when Ellie's playing the guitar and she's missing two of her fingers, I could not stop laughing. I don't. <laughs> I was just... Because, like, as she's strumming and, like, she can't hold down the right chords and it's just making that, like, muted guitar sound, like, mm. I, it just made me crack up. Uh, it should have just made the guitar hero, like, bad note noises. Yeah, as I mean, trying. it might as well have. It's basically the same thing. It was just, yeah, it was, that was, like, a really funny moment for me. Um, I don't think it was intended to be funny in that I way, don't think but. so either. It was probably meant to be really <laughs> sad, but I, w- I just thought it was hilarious because I'm a terrible person. Um, I'm sorry to any of our listeners who may be missing digits. Differently um, abled. 
but uh yeah that and then um uh clearly there was some controversy about lev as a character and i don't care to get into any of that because i don't think it matters I think it was so. She's like Le- Lev. Lev as a character is such a side character to the story. I don't think he like figures into it enough for the uproar. But there's so much of like, oh, there's a trans character in this game, so I need to boycott it. That I think it's just so yeah. The reactionarily the whole, stupid that like whatever. Like just, woke woke as a slur is just like not even worth my attention. Yeah. You know, it just yep. I don't care. It doesn't it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. None of that matters. Yeah. I think And I don't I mean think, that from the the standpoint of like trans people or characters don't matter. I just mean the vitriol in which they bring out of other people doesn't matter because it that shouldn't exist. Like the the vitriol shouldn't exist. Well, and and I think in general people should be allowed to tell the story that they want to tell. Whether yeah, or not sure. you think it has ideals that are incorporated just to incorporate those ideals like those might be the ideals of the people making the game and if they hey, want man, to fr- tell a story with freedom it, of speech but only for me not for yeah, you neil Druckmann. exactly exactly yes um, shame for shame uh, i'm trying to think was there anything else that was like particularly controversial controversial joel just dying joel the, dying the spoilers was like, being released like super early on before the game even came out like again magically yeah. i somehow avoided all of that which I'm glad I did, uh, despite the slight spoiler that I was given uh, by Neil Druckmann and uh, Craig Mazin <laughs> in the podcast about Abby's Who, father Abby's, being the doctor. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah th- beyond that, like I, I'm surprised I was able to avoid it as long as I did. I think um, honestly, the two the two main things, like the yeah, the two big spoilers is Joel dies, and then spoiler number two is that. Abby is the daughter of the doctor and that right you know I think see and I thought there was going to be like a third spoiler something along the lines of like Abby's also immune which is why the mm. doctor wouldn't do it to her they wanted uh, to find someone else like I thought that would maybe be a cool twist because didn't they say the um the the rattlers said that she got bit the prisoners I think or one of, or when when Ellie's holding the rattler like one of the rattlers like uh at gunpoint and he's like she got bit she's I don't she's, know I can't remember I'm it's pretty sure long. they said that Abby got bit hmm. but like she hasn't changed yet she's just emaciated because she's been stuck in a cage for a couple of months you know like I don't know hmm. I'm probably I'm probably making things up but I thought that would be a, that would have been a cool twist I also I do think it's really funny that like people keep trying to like oh like or like the one guy's like i can tell you before that bite sets in or whatever and uh and abby or ellie looks at her her hand and the bite mark and she just kind of shrugs it off because you as a player know that she's immune and that guy has no fucking clue and so he thinks she's gonna die and she's like nah i'm good like fuck you and then shoots (laughs) him in the head or whatever like that's funny yeah the um the one of the other story beats that i really liked was Dina learning Ellie is immune because that's not really you don't see too much like you know Joel Joel learning Ellie was immune was in the first game but you don't get to see other people react to it and the fact that they it took them like her her mask getting cracked in the underground and Dina was like I'm going to give you my mask 
but Ellie like urging her not to give her the mask and like I'm yeah. gonna be okay. That it was really really cool. And on top of that, like, um, I can't remember what her name was, but the girl in the hospital that Ellie takes like into the spore infested area. One of Abby's crew, or one of the people that Abby oh, was uh, in the, Nora, I think is yes, her name. I think you're right. Yeah, when when they like they go into the 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 spore infested part of the hospital, and Abby like Nora basically knows who Abby or who Ellie is because of the fact that she's not afraid to go into the spores. She's like, you must be, you must be Ellie. You must be the girl who's immune because like you're just yeah. walking in here with no regard for your own life. Um seeing people react to that news in different ways in different situations i think was was very cool as well i do i also think ashley johnson's performance as like an older ellie is really convincing mm-hmm. um again having gone from the first game to the second one and and having to listen to her as like a preteen into teenager and then now she's like teenage adult like there you can there are subtle differences in her tonality that is like that's just a like what a what a talented actress yeah from 14 year old to like 19 year old like and lived a lot of life in between yeah kind of situation for sure because yeah. she's in her th- like mid to late 30s now right i think so yeah yeah so either way like very awesome again props to her and again props to her on the show for her moment there it was great um yeah uh, i uh we can there, dive into the where we think the story is going to go for the show. Well, just one last point: the great voice cast because um, lots of uh, lots of actual movie stars. Uh, well, first of all, Laura Bailey plays Abby Anderson. She's very good. She's the n- most notably um, Laura Bailey's done a lot of voice work in video games uh, and some acting as well. Um, she was in Mass Effect Three, not in not in. Uh, all of them, but yeah, she's very good at what she does. Uh, received she also death played threats Trunks for playing in uh, in Dragon Ball Z. Oh, really? <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Uh, she received death threats for being in this game, for being the character that kills Joel, uh, and also for looking <laughs> very muscular as well. And oh, people thinking okay. she was transgendered in the game or something. Uh, so yeah, bunch of terrible bullshit there. Um, Derek Phillips played Abby's dad. Uh, Derek Phillips is Billy Riggins in Friday Night Lights, FYI. Uh, and so also kind of like, a okay, nice. Billy Riggins is in my video game. That's awesome. Uh, Laura, Laura Bailey also played Kate Diaz from Gears of War 5. Okay. Hmm. Uh, Shannon Woodward from or, Westworld. I'm sorry, Gears of War 4. Okay. Um, Shannon Woodward from Westworld played Dina. So Elsie from Westworld played Dina. Awesome. Uh, Ashley Birch played Mel. Ashley Birch is in uh, Mythic Quest on Apple TV as an actor, but also is the voice of Aloy and so many other video games as well. Uh, and then finally, um, Patrick Fugit, the 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 boy from Almost Famous, is Owen's voice. Um, so that's another like actual Hollywood actor that's in the game. Yeah. And then I think isn't um he's not mentioned here on the plot in uh in Wikipedia but isn't Jeffrey uh Wright doesn't Jeffrey Wright play the head of the wolf Isaac? Of the W off? Yeah, I think that's right. Uh Isaac Dixon. 
is voiced by Jeffrey Wright. Yes. So nice. uh, yeah. lots of Westworld DNA and also uh, according to the uh, official podcast, um, Shannon oh, holy shit. Could you imagine if Jeffrey Wright comes back as Isaac in the show? He absolutely should and could. That would like, be I don't see why so not. awesome. Oh, um, my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, Shannon Woodward is the reason that Craig Mazin and Neil Druckmann met. Uh, because Shannon and, and, and Neil are, are, Shannon and Craig are, are friends. And that's why the show ex- uh, adaptation exists. So. Awesome nice. stuff there. But yeah, uh, season two. Like, I don't know. To me, I think what would be satisfying would be them finding a way to blend and tell Abby and Ellie's sides of the stories at the same time. And I don't know how that would work, but it would also maybe remove some of the, like, you know. The thing that's special about the movie Memento is how the story is structured. And I think. The Last of Us Part Two is structured in a very particular way. I just don't know how much it really adds to the story. And so, if they're saying they're going to do two seasons, I don't know what the break point in the middle is, and I don't think it can be the end of day three for Ellie without seeing Abby's side of the story at all. I think... I think Joel's death is going to be used as a cliffhanger between seasons... I don't think they can do that. I like think if they Craig can. Mason says I'm not doing any filler, like unless I, I think we had talked about this a little bit. Unless they're, they're gonna they're gonna do they're gonna do all of the flashbacks ahead of time. Like a lot of the flashback sequences will be will happen early on to establish specifically Abby as a character. I think first, and I think that will be like the mid season spoiler is that her dad is the doctor that gets killed mm. in the first season. Or in the second season, and like that—that's that'll be the mid-season like spoiler. Her the reveal of her dad, then Joel dies at the end of the season of the second season, and then the third season will pick up, um, like you know, Ellie's journey to hunting down Abby kind of thing. I think they will skip a lot of the stuff. Um, well, they'll have to establish Lev. Because I'm assuming they're going to put Lev in the in the show too, but yeah, I don't know, man. It's it's a little bit wonky. There's uh, so much more to it. There's so much more world built with the Seraphites and their yeah. like religion and and I think um, that they have to like they almost have to show Abby and Ellie doing things simultaneously, like scenes flipping between the two of them, like in the same time frame, instead of having like season two is Abby and season three is Ellie. Like it needs to be like, I don't kind of all happening in conjunction with each other. And then maybe season three is main is just every other episode. It like flip flops so that you're getting more of each of their end moments until it gets to the very end. And it's the two of them fighting in the, in the lake or the ocean or whatever. I guess the interesting thing might be like, uh, where where in the story does Abby? Do you see the flashback of Abby going to the hospital? Going through the hospital, she goes back after. She goes back to the hospital that Joel killed everybody in. Abby does. Sorry, Ellie. That happens like probably a third of the way through the first half of the game. 
Hmm. Or no, I'm sorry, a third of the way through the for the game through the game. So before the first half, like before the split, it's during the Ellie portion of the of the game. So the beginning part. Because I wonder if that will be maybe their way of like that might be the way that they because I think they could probably hide the fact that Abby kills Joel because of because he killed her dad until that point. So maybe that's the end of season two is Ellie goes back to the hospital and learns that Joel lied. Confirms that Joel lied. Yeah. And then season three is moves through, um, you know, the getting through the theater and, getting to Santa Barbara and then ending in Ellie getting back to the empty house. Right. That feels maybe like if they, if they give up the whole conceit of like, we're not going to tell this in two separate halves, we'll tell it all at once, but we're still going to hide who and why Abby killed Joel until the end of season two. I guess that'll work. I guess that maybe that all makes sense. The I show can see might that. the show might still be poorly plotted out like the game was because <laughs> there's so much of it, but I guess that might be. Yeah, I I kind of want to know like how much sleep Craig Mazin and Neil Druckmann are losing over trying to figure this out because like <laughs> they they've yeah. got to be racking their brains on it pretty hard because I I don't know how how it would work as a show. The thing, the thing that was interesting to me was thinking about, like, I, I think one of the main questions to me was, like, would they try and assuage Joel's death by letting him live longer? And I think the answer's no, because I think Neil Druckmann wants to stick to his guns. He seems yeah. a very, fuck the haters, like, I, this is the story that I wanted to tell. You guys are being stupid. For sure. And I, well, and, I admire and Craig that. Mazin also said, like, he there are parts of the game that really, really work and he wants to leave those be and let them shine. And I think that's something that really works. It does. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't, I don't feel like I was necessarily shocked that it happened early in the game. It was just more shocking how brutal it was Mm. to me. Like I just didn't expect him to go out that way, but I mean, I guess it makes sense though, you know, yeah, I think, like, the weird disarming of, like, oh, we're helping this girl survive this crazy zombie overflow, whatever the hell it is, basically, in the beginning of the game. And then she's like, we gotta get back to this lodge where my people are. Like, I think it makes sense that Joel's defenses are kind of down in mm-hmm. some way, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I think some people had complaints about that, but I think it's just, you know, like, and the, the other thing I'll say that I didn't get to talk to, uh, talk about at the end of season one, I think the Joel that Pedro starts to be in that final episode is so much geared towards the, like, 
you're my daughter and he's about to be headed into the like, I'm sorry that I wronged you and you know that I wronged you and our relationship is forever changed and you're not forgiving me kind of thing. Like, I feel like they've kind of telegraphed the change in their relationship by the end of season one. Mm -hmm. They're like prepared for it because they know it's coming more than they did at the end of the first game. Yeah. So I feel like that's why it feels a little weird, but it might play better in the show as the show goes on. Right. I, I definitely feel like people who are expecting to see Pedro Pascal won't be disappointed either. I'm sure they'll still use him in a lot of the flashback sequences that are in part two. That, that's Maybe why I at think... least through season two, maybe not through season three, but yeah, that's, that's exactly. why I think they'll, they'll, they're going to put all of the flashback stuff heavy at the beginning of the season, or at least like in season two will be a lot of flashback because they're going to, they're going to try and wean the audience off of him, you know? But I, like, I do, I do think that there, there will be like the, cause it's not until towards the end of the game that you learn that, that Ellie was going to like the conversation about like, I'm going to try to forgive you is not until towards the end of the entire game, right? So it's literally the end. Like it's before, um, shoot. I can't now. I literally just finished the the game yesterday. Yeah. It's like right before the epilogue sequence, but after the Abby Ellie fight at the end, I believe so. Somewhere around there. If I remember, I I can see them still driving to that point because that is the real heartbreak. And like John said, like the fact that, Ellie was just about to like start maybe letting him back into her life in some sort of real capacity. And yet he gets mowed down for his choice in another, by another person that he wronged. Um, you, I could still see them bringing him back for that in like a season three. Yeah. But, so everyone could be like, Oh my gosh, he's back. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. He's wearing a Mandalorian helmet. <laughs> And he talks like this. This like is the way. This is the way. Um, I don't know. Any other thoughts? I'm curious to see who they're going to cast as like Abby. It's the new family drama on ABC Family. It's uh, Pedro Pascal dressed as Joel wearing a Mandalorian helmet. It's called This is the Last of Us. No? All right. I'm so mad right now. (laughs) (laughs) Starring Mandy Moore. (laughs) Strange crossover. That's like a dumb joke that I would make if I were actually (laughs) lively right now. Um, Yeah, anyways, I'm intrigued to see where the show goes. I'm sad I have to wait like two years for it. They haven't even started filming it. Um, Well, they get it take some time off, you know, now they have other it. obligations. I need it now. I, they, I they like, could also, they could do the same sort of thing they did with season one here and save a bunch of like big flashback sequence for later in the season two. Like they did, you know, the left behind segment, like, you know, maybe. Yeah. Flip, I think flip it on people. Could, think, could be a trope of the series where, like, episode seven is always, like, some flash, big flashback sequence. They seem they seem to be able to kind of 
come in and out of the flashback because they i mean a lot of the uh bill and frank episode is bookended by like joel and Allie stuff like i think they have tools the tools they need that they're clearly willing to insert the flashbacks in places in the show and not just do like the left behind this full episode is a pretty much full episode as a flashback so i think they certainly figured out ways to skillfully weave those into place um but i'm curious to see kind of uh, i'm even more curious now to see what they choose to adapt and change and uh, uh change because they feel like they could do better because i think the bill and frank was good i think the show sings in the places where it decides to be a little bit different and i kind of wish they figured out a way to make the ending true to the game's ending but still turn it on its head a little bit or something like that which is hard because it is so good but we can still hope for a bill and frank spinoff series (laughs) just uh nick offerman but just bill and frank just domestically living in their blissful town decorating houses that nobody lives in domestic living in the post-apocalypse yes I'd watch it. Yeah, Bill and Frank's excellent adventure. It's just them, like, rebuilding the town. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Killing raiders occasionally. Yeah. No, it should be... It should, <laughs> it should just be, uh, like, wave-based DLC, uh, like, horde mode for... for yeah, yeah, it's tower defense for... It's a tower defense mobile game, is what it is, that promotes oh, yeah. the TV show. That would be sweet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You have to build trap pits that you can catch your future prospective lovers in. And, uh, <laughs> you know, and then you can also make flamethrowers that will kill them at night <laughs> if you turn on the gas. Yep. Yeah. That sounds awesome. Make it, I would, I yeah. would play that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Damn, now I'm getting nostalgic for Dungeon Keeper. <laughs> there you go. Or what's the other one? Plants vs. Zombies? No. Dungeon Keeper was not a tower defense game, but it was no, very it was, much a set traps, put out monsters, and defend your area. Yeah, your keep. defend defend your dungeon. Yeah, you gotta you gotta keep your dungeon. I'm surprised nobody's. Well, maybe somebody has ripped that off and remade it, basically. But I haven't seen anything like it. It it had two or three like yeah, sequels, didn't it? I think there were at least three. The third one was like a Stadia thing, wasn't it? I thought it was like a Stadia exclusive for a moment. I might have made that up. Um, yeah, man, great game for sure. I don't. I. I wish. I. We should have. Uh, I should have put out some more feelers in the um, Discord to see like what. Because I think it was Tom was the one who wanted us to do the spoiler cast, or maybe I don't remember if it was him or Jason or. or Tom Bruce. wants us to do uh, Ragnar spoiler cast for God of War. That's right, but didn't uh, somebody else? Well, did somebody else want to hear spoiler cast for this? I don't. I don't remember, but should have maybe put feelers out there as to like what sort of things they wanted to hear in a spoiler cast. Because again, we've never done this as a group. Uh, well, with the three of us, at least. 
Yeah, I don't. I think did, did I think I did Metal Gear with Gojo at some point, and um, Final, Final Fantasy VII with Gojo and Webby. Yeah. Um, but no, I think you know. Hopefully, Brian gets God of War wrapped up at some point in the future here, and I've uh, played a little bit more of it, but I've made way more progress in Midnight Suns actually in the last week. Okay, well, the odds of getting both John and I to finish Midnight Suns are way lower than getting you to finish Ragnarok. So, I did. Uh, <laughs> I did mention to one of the guys at work today that I would I would try to actually beat Horizon. Mm. So maybe I'll do that at some point, and we'll we just can spoiler cast that too. The the OG Horizon. <clears throat> yeah. Well, that one. Is even further back in my recesses, but I like I, I do kind of want to play through that one again. I booted up um, Forbidden West because the DLC is supposed to come out this month. Um, oh shit! Yeah, I can't remember what it's called, but it's in like a volcano-ish area. Sounds cool. Looks cool. Looks pretty. PS5 only, which is not the case for the original game. So curious if it'll. That's- look even prettier than the original game but um uh burning shores the burning shores so, did you ever play uh, the frozen wilds i want to no, say it was because that was an excellent dlc it was it was uh, very difficult compared to the main game though i picked it up so far after playing the original that i uh had a lot of trouble even surviving so it would oh, be it's... good to start uh the original over but it's just so much game. It's a lot of game. Uh, I mean, that's shit. why I keep putting it down. <laughs> but I, the thing is, I think I think you should try and like... Uh, the thing that I really appreciated about what I did with Forbidden West was just... I was like, I need to see where the story goes. And I had to fight yeah. against my like, I want to do all of these missions type of stuff, stuff that I wanted to do. But the story of two, I think, is even more compelling than the story of one. And um, there's some crazy stuff that happens. And I really, really liked it a lot. I would love to talk about uh, Agreed. Forbidden West in a spoilery capacity at some point. I mean... So, that'll be our brand. We can just do the Sony exclusives like three to five years after they came yeah, out. Yeah, when did Last of Us Part Two come out? Like 2018 or something? No, or? it was 2020. 2020, okay. We're like so we're not, not that even far yet behind. three years away from it. And it was timely with the TV show as well, so I think it was well-timed. There's a f- uh, Horizon show that I think Amazon is developing anyway. Yeah. Um, so. That could could be good could be i don't know i feel like they're gonna have a hard time well that one i think the conceit of that was that it might be more of a prequel series well that could be interesting uh horizon video game series television series uh no okay it says aloy will be one of the main characters in the series so that can't be that much of a prequel (laughs) Game starts with her being born, so I don't know that uh, that works out there. But I thought I had heard that somewhere. I don't know. Anyway. I'm, I'm excited. Glad, uh, all of us finished one video game in eight years that it took yeah. to... 
I mean, I'm sure like there was, I there's think there's been there's an episode ones. somewhere here and there. We've never dedicated an entire hours worth of time to like one particular game that we all completed. Yeah. I think so. we we either have been able to do it in the context of one episode or we've all beaten it at the at different times and by the time the final one has beaten it it's been too late to really actually talk about it but we're not going to do that with Ragnarok because Tom all, has specifically requested it so yeah we we all finished uh Cyberpunk true but honestly I don't remember it that well at this point yeah that's the I thing remember, is cyberpunk is like a is a make your own adventure kind of thing anyways yeah, you know it, it would be really hard work. it would be hard to compare uh unlike you know the until dawns and things where like that yeah. is the point yep um, we did all play those too I hated my cyberpunk ending. I barely remember it but yeah. Like, I don't anyway. like I mentioned before, like I honestly I don't know how I logged like 25 30 hours on my second playthrough of that because I'm pretty sure I slept through most of it and was just it was me walking into a wall um <laughs> and then waking up and realizing that the game was still on because I think I really beat I beat the game in like 10 hours. Like I did not yeah. put a lot of time into actually playing that game, I don't think. Yeah, I no. don't. Uh, I don't remember what my final hour count was, but anyway. Anyways, uh, thank you, listeners, for checking out this spoiler cast. If you like what you listen to now and you want to hear more about what we have to say about video games, check out MidwestGamers.com/links, and you can see all the places you can listen to the show. And you can join our Patreon for as little as one dollar a month. Help keep our shows alive and well on our network. And uh, with your subscription, you get early access to our bonus episodes that we call side quests. I think, are we going to release this as a side quest first or just like a spoiler, like in the main feed? Or you want to do it in just uh, the... We uh, have a side quest coming out, uh, I think, at midnight tonight. So this is probably just going to come out in the main feed as a bonus episode for everybody um, later this week, like Thursday. I'm probably going to give a little bit of space to the side quest. Yeah, that's cool. Sounds good. Cool. I can, yeah, I think you're right. I can put it out now for patrons. And then, yeah, that's fine. Right. Good plan. Smart thinking. Yeah. yeah. So anybody who uh, joins Patreon, you get early access to our bonus episodes, such as our side quests or, uh, you know, our spoiler casts. And we appreciate you for listening. Please do check out the rest of the podcast and the podcast on our network. And we will see you next time. Peace.